everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about episodes 7 through 9, or the equivalent of chapters 15 through 24, with the exception of chapter 22. Now, the reason for this is they decided to move the short side story contained in chapter 22 to later on in the series, and so you they just completely skipped this portion, but we will eventually get to it. Now, since this is a bit of a shorter episode, as there's less content to discuss, I will actually throw my thoughts in on the opening themes, the first opening and the ending themes, We Are and Memories. So, look forward to that. So, as always, we're going to start with a synopsis of the episodes. So, in these episodes, we get to see the conclusion of the conflict between Buggy and the Straw Hats. So we see Zoro face off against another one of Buggy's henchmen, the acrobatic unicyclist swordsman, man, that's a mouthful, uh, Kabaji. And then we also get to see Luffy take on and defeat Buggy while Nami goes around and steals Buggy's treasure and the map to the Grand Line. Once Buggy is defeated, Orange Town is handed back to the residence and the crew sets out for their next destination to look for more crew members as well as an actual pirate ship. They then find themselves on an island called Syrup Village where they meet a particularly long-nosed liar named Usopp. Luffy discovers that Usopp is friends with a local wealthy noble girl and decides to see if they can ask her for a ship. Which I always thought was weird that, to assume that just because they were rich they had access to a boat. But maybe that's just like a pirate thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyways... Let's get to the differences. So the difference between the manga and the anime is a portion of the story which features a mini side story about a character named Gaimon that actually takes place between the time that they leave Orange Town and get to Syrup Village. But in the anime, this is pushed out till after the Syrup Village arc. I never understood why this change was made, but that's why we skip chapter 22 from the manga here. What's weirder is... We also never get to see a brief scene of Nami actually repairing Luffy's straw hat. So in the in the fight with Buggy, Buggy stabs Luffy's straw hat with three knives. And so the top is just completely destroyed. And in the manga, there's actually a short scene where you set, you actually see Nami stitching up the uh, the hat and her actually repairing it. But in the anime, the only indication we get is that Nami saying that under her breath, she'll fix it later. But again, we don't actually get to see this, and it's just magically repaired the next time we see it. And I think it's weird because this scene is in the same chapter, chapter 22, that's taken out. But because they can't leave Luffy's hat broken or ripped up for the entirety of the Syrup Village arc, it's just never addressed. And this scene never gets put back in once we get to the Gaimon story later on but yeah other than that these again these uh chapters are pretty faithfully adapted into the anime so yeah let's get into the episode um here we finally get to see our first real major battles with zoro versus kabaji and luffy versus buggy and despite how short these battles are there's still so much great stuff packed into this section something i love about these fights is that they're not just flash but contain a lot of character informing moments too Right from the get-go, we see the good versus bad pirate aspect again, with Luffy stepping in front and defending everyone from the buggy ball. While Buggy, on the other hand, when Luffy reflects it back, he opts to use his own crew to shield him from the attack. We also get another taste of badass Zoro, with him letting Kabaji stab him and calling it a handicap. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> it doesn't get much cooler than that. And I didn't mention this in the differences section, but what's even cooler about the scene in the manga is that Zoro actually cuts himself and calls it a handicap. And I'm assuming they altered this because it, it is a bit more violent and gruesome with Zoro just kind of slicing his own his own torso rather than Kabaji attacking. But it just makes him look even tougher because it's a self-inflicted wound. But it's also kind of setting the stage up for <laughs> Zoro's immense recovery rate and just the amount of blood loss he sustains in almost every battle and yet he's okay just by kind of sleeping it off and then also in particular we learn quite a bit about nami here and it's so well done you know often without any exposition to slow down the action we just get to see her reactions or even just from subtle and some not subtle facial expressions we get a sense that despite her sneaky ways she she is at heart a seemingly good person as she won't flat out run away when she has the chance after she steals all the treasure and decides to stay and support them throughout the fight we also get a taste of what nami will bring to the crew aside from her navigation skills and it's that the, she's the brains of the group and the voice of reason throughout these episodes we see nami trying to rein in luffy and zoro's absurdities and calling them out on how ridiculous they both are while also going after the thing they need the most which is the map to the grand line not to mention it's her smart thinking and strategy that ultimately helps luffy defeat buggy by tying up all of buggy's middle parts and reducing him to the mini buggy which is also a pretty funny sight to see when Luffy just blasts him out there with the gum gum and a bazooka. <laughs> and again, these fights are so funny, especially the jokes in this episode. While slapstick, it keeps surprising me because they seem to come out of left field and you can't help but find it funny. I crack, I crack up every single time Luffy kicks Buggy's disembodied legs in the balls as his top half is chasing Nami or, or when Luffy hits him in the gut and Buggy's head just floats around saying, Buggy this! <laughs> or similarly, when Luffy is messing around with Buggy's foot as, Nami, as Nami's reaction to all of Buggy's absurd faces when Luffy starts tickling it or just smashing it down. <laughs> like, I remember reading those panels, and then when, when I saw them in the anime, it just made it even funnier. And then moving on, the biggest revelation and a bit of world building is is the reveal that Buggy and Shanks were part of the same pirate crew and actually somewhat rivals and friends when they were younger and they were just starting out as pirates, which seems kind of a weird revelation to bring up at this point as it really just serves to create a bit more stakes between Luffy and Buggy. But I guess it also serves as interesting world building that makes you think, of what happened between them in the time that sent them on such different paths to becoming very different pirates. <laughs> I always get the biggest laugh at the end of the story, though, when Buggy is all pissed and dramatic about about Shanks and what he did to his goals and dreams, and Luffy's biggest takeaway is just <laughs> how great and nice Shanks is for saving him from drowning. And, <laughs> and the way Luffy says it so sincerity <laughs> or sincerely is just too funny. I mean, we do get some more information about Shanks, but all we really learn is that he's a nice guy, and interestingly enough, he has a pretty close relationship to Buggy of all people. And this has always struck me as such an odd pairing, and it has me believing there's going to be some sort of payoff to this. Otherwise, why would Oda throw this in here? It did serve to build up Buggy's backstory and motivations, but that could have been achieved in a similar way without including Shanks, which is 
why to this day I feel like this is going to come back and pay off in a big way towards the end of the series, but who knows, I haven't seen it paid off yet. I love the end of this island, just like the last one with um, Shell's Town. It ends with a grateful farewell from, from Boodle, the mayor, and then also we get to see Shushu stopping the villagers from chasing the Straw Hats because they're angry that they knocked out Boodle so that he wouldn't get hurt during the conflict between Buggy and... <laughs> They get all pissed off and start chasing the Straw Hats off the island, but then Shushu shows up and just kind of holds them off so that they can get away. But I also love that little wink that he gives them. It's it's absolute gold. Like, I love Shushu, that dog. If I, I think, I have a couple names for dogs if I ever got one, but I think I would, well, Shushu would definitely be one of them. With that, we say farewell to the Orange Islands, and next, they are on their way to Syrup Village. So in episode 9, we move on to Syrup Village and are introduced to a new major character, Usopp, who embodies the boy who cried wolf trope, or in this case, the boy who cried pirates trope. Over the years, after talking to many people, a lot of people seem to hate Usopp, and I can kind of see why, but I personally love Usopp and what he brings to the story, and I'll get into that more in a, in a future episode. I do love that Usopp and Luffy get along right away, and not just because he knows Usopp's dad, Yasop, who ho- who happens to also be a part of Shanks' crew, but because they generally mesh well together personality-wise. Like, I love that relationship between Luffy and Usopp because they get each other's humor, and they're more like childlike side. Aside from a few character introductions in this arc, like Usopp and the the Usopp pirate crew kids, um, Onion, Carrot, and Green Pepper. Is that his name? Green Pepper? Um, And then Kaya, and then of course the butler, Klahadol. Not too much of note happens in episode 9, just mostly just introductions. And I haven't really talked too much about the voice acting yet, but I wanted to mention it here because Yamaguchi Kape as Usopp is so damn good. (laughs) He seems to be able to convey so many different emotions and comedic timing is just amazing with this guy. I mean, not to say that all the main straw hats are amazing, especially Tanaka Mayumi as Luffy. I'm going to go into more examples of when, when she knocks it out of the park with Luffy's voice acting, but I'm going to save that for some of those other moments. But yeah, for now, I just wanted to mention Yamaguchi Kape because he's, he's so good as Usopp and kind of one of the reasons why Usopp works so well in the anime. There's this one bit where the Usopp pirate kids go looking for Usopp, fearing that he was taken by the Straw Hats, and they find Luffy, Zoro, and Nami eating at the restaurant. And Zoro insinuates that they ate Usopp. (laughs) And I love how the kids immediately look to Nami and freak out and call her an Onibaba, which is like a demon hag. And Nami just scolds Zoro for this stupid joke. But I love these types of moments where they play around with each other and this is a prime example of this, and I wish there were more moments of these. They're, they definitely come up far more often in the early parts of the series, but they kind of fall to the wayside later on. But I wish they would bring those back a little bit more. A weird thing I noticed watching the Netflix version of this is that they removed the commercial break cutaways. So there's, there are these couple interstitials that they have uh, in the middle of the episode where normally a commercial break would have happened where they show the um, the characters wanted posters and sort of kind of their musical theme plays. So normally it shows the scene 
and then you go to the commercial break and then they come back and sometimes what they would do is they would replay like the last like i don't know 15 20 seconds of the last scene but because netflix cuts that out and they just seamlessly stitch it all together it seems like you're watching the same scene play out twice in a row and it looks like it's unnecessarily long and I get that could be kind of weird. Like, I thought it was really weird. And and at first, I didn't catch what was happening. Like, why is this scene dragging on for so long? And then I realized, oh, this is where the commercial break would have been. (laughs) And yeah, I don't know why they decided to remove that. Because sometimes it's really awkward. Like, I can think of a few other examples in future episodes where not having that commercial cutaway is very awkward. But yeah, it's just weird. So, and it seems like it's only a Netflix version thing like the Funimation, Crunchyroll, and Hulu all keep the commercial cutaways intact even though there's no actual real commercial put in there the cutaways are still there but yeah that's pretty much episodes seven through nine but who's that weird moonwalking Michael Jackson looking guy at the very end of episode nine guess we'll have to see on the next episode but yeah that's that's it and yeah we got our first major one-on-one battles for both zoro and luffy which was epic and also pretty funny and some new really unexpected background on shanks as well as the introduction of a new character who i'm very excited to talk about more in future episodes but yeah as i mentioned before we end the episode i wanted to talk about the opening and ending themes so throughout the series of one piece Each episode is obviously preceded by an opening theme song and an ending theme song at the end. And they often get rotated around, usually at roughly the pace of once a year. Some last longer, some last shorter. And I love every single one of these songs. Uh, The openings slash endings are some of the best things ever about One Piece. And yeah, I love them so much that I wanted to talk about them each individually anytime a new one is introduced. And I'm hoping someday to to do a ranking of all all the openings and all the endings. Obviously, I'm a few episodes behind because episode one was the introduction of the very first openings and endings. But uh, seeing as how this episode has a little bit less content, I wanted to shove it in this one. So opening number one is titled We Are. This is the classic original opening performed by Hiroshi Kitadani. There probably isn't a theme to this day that doesn't scream One Piece better than this one. They really knock it out of the park with this tune. It's so damn catchy, enthusiastic, and upbeat, and has that sort of exploration and adventurous tone down so well. The animation that accompanies it fits super well, and it's also really visually interesting too, unlike some of the other openings. The first 20 seconds to We Are are actually devoted to setting up the world and premise of the series really efficiently. This theme the animation is a bit spoilery as it tells us the, who the first five members are before we even get introduced to them. Obviously for Luffy, Zoro, and Nami, it's not quite a big deal, but we do see Usopp and Sanji in the main theme. So yeah, it is kind of spoilery, but I never really minded it. It gave us something to look forward to, and similarly, it gives us a tiny glimpse of all the villains as well in this portion of the story. They kind of flash really quickly on screen, and so you see each of the main villains, at least in this, uh, the East Blue section of the story. The lyrics, for the most part, fit really well, but one part that always makes me laugh, because it never made any sense, is the 
a coin in my pocket and do you want to be my friend section. What does that even mean? It's made doubly hilarious that half of it is Japanese and the other half is in English. It's such a weird line. It's also strangely played over the part where Shanks is shown in the theme song. So are we meant to think Shanks has the coin or quote unquote the location of the One Piece and we need to be his friend to get the One Piece? <laughs> Obviously I'm joking and but it is fun to think about. This theme I believe is also the only one that has these cartoonish sound effects present in the theme. You know, like the the sword, the clanking and then this weird like cartoonish like bonk when Nami hits the guy over the head. It's cheesy, but I I can't listen to the full version of this song without imagining that over the top punching noise Luffy makes at the end of the first verse when he hits the uh the sea king like that. <laughs> I honestly can't can't listen to the the full version of this song of that song without thinking about that punch. But yeah, We Are is a solid opening theme to start off the series. And then moving on, we get the first ending theme song titled Memories by Maki Otsuka. And this is also another home run. And to this day, this song is still one of my favorite songs. I love I love listening to this when I want to listen to something mellow. There's no real animation to this ending theme other than the the five straw hats staring at a sunsetting ocean. You know, it starts off with Luffy and then each member appearing one by one at, in the order that they join the crew. It's a very simple, you know, animation or lack thereof, but I don't really mind how simple it is because the song itself is so damn good. I honestly don't have a firm grasp of what the song really means, but to me it's about someone who maybe got to their dream or the end of their journey but wants to go back to a time before it started, but also not forget all the great memories they had while getting to that goal or dream. It's to me, it's almost as if it's t- talking about our experiences with the series or my experiences with the series. I don't know about you, but it's as if to say when at the end of the series, at the end of One Piece, we'll all want to go back to being able to experience the beginning through fresh eyes, but also keep all the great memories we had reading or watching along to the series. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but that's what it seems like to me. I think one of the best things about both these themes being such standouts right from the get-go is that they get reused in pivotal and reflective moments. It's super rare when they do do this, but when they do, oh boy, it hits hard. It invokes an incredible amount of nostalgia, and I love every time Toei decides to use these themes unexpectedly to enhance certain moments. And I'm definitely looking forward to talking about the future openings and endings because this isn't even my favorite one. And I love all these songs like crazy. Like to this day, I listen to all 22 opening themes. And at the time of this recording, opening 23 is almost on its way. So yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the others. But yeah, that's our episode. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And honestly, I can't wait to go through more episodes and we get to some of the more amazing parts. Before we get to a couple spoiler discussion points, I just wanted to say, you know, I know there are are a whole sea of podcasts in the world right now, but I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this one. And if you really enjoyed this, send me a like or a comment, or if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece 
please consider subscribing. And I do have an Instagram and Twitter account now at SunnyGoPodcast. If you want updates of when I post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection, please check those out. As well as for now, I guess the Instagram comment section can be a place to leave comments or criticisms until I figure out a better way to do that. But with that said, I will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. So, spoiler section. I love that Oda is already laying the groundwork for the epic scene of Luffy putting a straw hat on Nami's head during the Arlong Park section. As we see twice now Nami observing how important that hat is and how angry Luffy gets if anyone touches it or damages it. And we unfortunately don't get payoff for this for another like 30 some episodes. But God, when that happens, it's so great. And all of that is thanks to this part when it's shown how important that hat is to Luffy and how Nami recognizes that. And I honestly cannot wait till we get to the Arlong Park part because, oh shit. (laughs) One thing I did notice this time around, and I never noticed any other times I've watched this episode, is when Zoro wakes up after the fight and Luffy tells him they got a new navigator, he looks at her suspiciously as he seems to know that Nami isn't 100% trustworthy. It's doubly interesting as he had the same reaction with Robin and also he's kind of butted heads with Sanji as well when both of them are first introduced and they enter the crew. Of course, we know now that these three crew members would all leave temporarily under seemingly suspicious circumstances. So it's like Zoro has this sixth sense in terms of reading people and their true intentions. I... Like, I, I, I never noticed that, but yeah, it just seems like he's caught on to all three. This is also where we see the beginning of the ongoing joke of Luffy's strong desire for a musician crewmate, <laughs> which obviously we don't get a payoff till way later in Thriller Bark where, with Brooke joining the crew. But <laughs> I always loved the the musician joke every time the thing comes up. And it was really fun to like, See, when are they going to get a musician? Like, is this going to be the time they get a musician? But when they actually do, I, yeah, I really like that. And then kind of like a fun fact, this is something I didn't realize until researching for this, uh, for this episode is that we also get to see in one of the chapter cover arts in volume 63, chapter 619, that after the two year time skip, the town of Orangetown has been completely rebuilt with the money that Luffy left for them stolen by Nami but there's a new pet shop and then a statue of Shushu in front of it with a straw hat on which is so touching and awesome to see that that he built this bigger pet shop and then has like a statue to sort of thank the thank the two that actually helped rebuild the town and yeah when I saw that that really puts a smile on my face like just seeing Shushu all happy and with a new pet shop and and just uh, his his gratitude towards Luffy and helping them and yeah it's just a really cool detail to see and I hope to talk about more of the ch- the chapter cover art as well in future episodes when they become more relevant but yeah that's kind of all the spoiler stuff that I wanted to talk about I hope you enjoyed this episode and I am looking forward to talking to you all in the next episode see ya.